has reduced himself to making fun of my sniffing. Are we recording right now? Yes. This is terrible. We gotta work into it. Listen, I feel like you your sound effects on this track are like way look what was that? Right there. I was laughing. Just a giant <gasps> That's my laugh. I don't know. I think you're just making fun of everything I do. No, that's not true. That's not true. Just all the sounds you make that drown. I feel out. like I can't even make any noises now. Well, the mic's picking up everything. I guess so. It picks up more than all this expensive equipment we bought. I know, even though this recording probably sounds horrible right now. Well, good thing we have, hopefully, some good editors. Yeah, yeah, that'll be nice. So this is take 55. This is take 160,000. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, all these, these great mics that we bought here on these beautiful stands, even with the pop filters. We got pop yep. filters, so there's no... Yep. <laughs> or sniffs. But now you're going to hear all the... And Shannon's sniffs. Because our pop filters are useless. We're speaking into the computer mic right yep. now. Because we for got some a mixer. reason... Yeah, we got this mixer. It's got like all these knobs and buttons. I spent an hour yesterday trying to figure out even how the mixer got set up. On YouTube. Which was successful. Very successful. Thank you, YouTube. Mm -hmm. But even in that setting, we're still talking into the computer mic because technology is relatively stupid or, or we're too stupid to work. Well, I can't figure that I out. Think it's the, I think it's the USB. It's a bum USB. So then Jess went to Walmart to get a USB. Which by the way, USBs, USB cables are seemingly incredibly hard to find nowadays. You can't find one with two USB. We need one with two USBs on either end. Yeah. To work with this. Yeah. Seems easy, right? No. No. Two different stores. No USBs. I bought one that I thought was a connector. I was duped. I bet Amazon. We're probably. Gonna, we're going to have to do that for the next time. But you or, know what? Or Best Buy probably would have been a better way to go. Does I Best Buy still exist? Is that still a thing? I I think. But I feel like if J. Crew and Pier 1 are going out of business, then how is Best Buy still available? Probably because they have USBs. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but yes long but we were determined we are i feel like i am bound shannon is determined yes accurate so bound and determined accurate to get this done today because we're already according to shannon's schedule <laughs> we this was supposed to be done in 2009 <laughs> when we first met this, this podcast was supposed to be a thing already it was predetermined but it's taken on Shannon's schedule 18,000 years to get this podcast done. So now we have to we have to record it tonight or else the world may collapse. Well, Jess will leave and then I will stay up editing it. I don't know what that even means. I'm going to do it. I'm going to accomplish something. All right. Uh, long day yesterday setting up all this technical equipment. Uh Phone calls at 12.30 in the morning that now have me reeling for energy even after four cups of coffee and a monster at 3.30 today. That was irresponsible because now you will perpetuate the cycle of non-sleep. No, that is not irresponsible. because Why? Who would call you that late? I don't know. Somebody that clearly doesn't care about my sleep. 
cycles or habits or maybe they just need like support. Maybe like maybe they just need some like support. Maybe. Maybe. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about support. Maybe we should introduce ourselves first. Let's talk about support. Maybe we'll get like maybe no, we'll get to that. Support, though, maybe we'll get this is an off topic. This is an off topic. But we, we can't, can't get off topic because but if, but if we introduce ourselves and we come right in hot with this with this We're argument, not going to come right in hot with that. But that, that that's the thing. Like even if we cuz we can't cuz we can't just let this go. We can't leave this for later in the podcast. That's not a thing. Like, that's not going to This says this is relevant but irrelevant to the current episode. So but you can't flash forward three years before you start at the beginning. No, you have to flash back three years to start oh, at the beginning. Okay. So that's so All that's right. a, that's the thing. We can't start with this. That's not where we can end. That's, we can't we can't come in hot in this episode uh-huh. with this discussion uh-huh. about how you drink too much vodka and then call me at twelve thirty in the morning. Okay, that needs to be cut. I thought you were cutting it. No. Whoever cuts it, that part is getting cut. Right. However, I think all this, this is all supposed to be. Cut, I think right? this actually might be some parts might be good material for like a oh, future podcast. Oh, so you're trying podcast. to splice this in? We I don't know what's going to happen to it. It might get left on the cutting room floor. Oh. However, I, I definitely can't have my patients hearing that I drink too much vodka. But what they can hear is that sometimes I still consider Jess like one of the people that I can count on the most. And sometimes you just want that connection with that person, especially like during quarantine. So like sometimes you just, you know, in the quarantine situation, I think, I think what is important is the fact that I, what I think is really cool is the fact that you answer. And I think that there's a reason that you answer, which is a part of the current episode that we're talking about. However, I think that it's cool that you answer. And you know what? I would do the same for you. So I think it's nice. I think it's nice to have that person that you can count on. Listen. And I think that the parent of your child can be that person. And I agree. If you, if you find somebody that you can, if they're like the, 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 your co-parent in a situation with a child should always be reliable on the other end of that phone call. No matter what. And you and I specifically set up a system where it was like, hey, if I call you in the middle of the night. Um, twice. 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 Right. Twice. That is the key. But you picked up last night on the first. Well, you also FaceTimed. Now, now preempt. Preemptive strike. You had also told me earlier that afternoon that was having a low-grade fever. True. True. And was having some headaches and was feeling kind of punky. And you're like, I just don't think she's feeling okay. And uh, I was like, all right, well, you know, we kind of talked through that. She was all right. You gave her some Tylenol. She was fine. Right. So that thought. So in so in co-parenting in general, not only do you have to have a consideration of the situation, but you also have to consider have to have a consideration of the, the opposing situation. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. So, you know, so we set up a rule. We set up the rule because there should have been a rule that said if you call twice, then there's probably an emergency. We could get into why we set up that rule, but we'll get to that later. But we could also get into the fact that you've abused that rule even. No. Ah, so <laughs> so we, we set, establish a rule that, hey, if I call twice, there's probably an emergency going on. I really appreciate it if you would answer the phone. So. But you fit, but to, 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 anyway, to, to can the we standard, please get back? We're gonna like waste 20 minutes of time talking about this. But this is valuable material. It, it, I mean, valuable. it is. This is cutting room floor material. All right, we establish a rule. You know, consider the fact that you know you're placing there's a, it's a two way street. 
So the one person on the one end has to be considerate of the other person that's on the other end, but there has to be a consideration both ways. But you have to establish that that uh, that rule or that assumption that, hey, if I call you twice, I expect you to answer or I expect you to at least reply to me in some sort of timely fashion. Now, does that always get it here too? Not necessarily because expect is like a, sleep is a sleep. big word. Like I don't right. like to use the word expect. It's not like a. It's we not, agree. It's not a hard rule. It's we like, agree that that is reasonable yeah. for you to pick up. Hey, if I call you in the middle of the night and you don't like and you hear it and you don't answer, fine. But if I call you again, like please pick up because it's probably something that I really need to address with you. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know you have it's a it's a. It's, a, it's something to play with a little bit so that you know, like, where the comfort levels are. But, I mean, when it comes to the care of a child, like, when, when, when our child's, uh, you know, uh, health or, you know, needs, that's what needs to come first. You know, what, regardless of what's happening on either end, both sides have to consider the, the fact, have to consider what each other are doing. But you have to establish the rule. You think at 1230 at night if somebody is calling you that if it's not about the child that they have all these thought processes i don't know you call me you call me in the middle of the night all the time you don't adhere but to i like world. i i do adhere to it you don't though i do but that's the problem okay, so what i was actually trying to get at that can be used for a later episode was that i think it's really cool that we are now friends and that right. i wouldn't call you if i didn't consider you a friend which is fine because and i hear i hear what you're saying and that you enjoy your sleep, and that you wish that you did not, that I did not maybe put you on that list of friends to call at 12 o'clock at night on a work night. I do not want to be on that list. All I, right. I, I, I'll take you off that list. I already tried to get off that list. I told you <laughs> I didn't want to be on that I list. mean, you didn't press one to unsubscribe. I, well, I did, because I said, hey, Shannon, don't call me at 12 I would really appreciate it, and that's a that's another key phrase that you need to kind of include in your repertoire. Right. I really appreciate, I really appreciate it, it. If you would not call me at 1230 to, to discuss matters of friendship, if it's an emergency with Sophia, by all means, of course, me. I know that. Call yeah. me. Right. Call me, call me twice. Right. Call me twice. That's call me rule, twice. Right. Right. But you know, I answer if I hear it and it's in the middle of the night and I know there was a situation. You answer no afternoon. matter what, if there's a situation or not, because you know what? Cause you are, we have become good friends and that's fine. And I, I understand that. And I know there's, some people out there that probably are, there's a lot of people out there that are not in that situation. No, would not do that. I would say most people are not in that situation. Right. And that's fair. And, you know, and, and everybody to each his own, but I mean, we're doing this to establish the idea that that is a possibility and you can do that. Right. But there also has to be boundaries that you set up to say, Hey, if you just want to talk, if you're in that situation with that other person that you want to do that, fine. But if you want to get some sleep, like I'm trying to sleep, like that's just me. Then put it on DND, my friend. I, but then if I do that, then you then no, you get, then here's you get you the do. voicemail and here's you're what like, you do. Well, what are you doing? Here's what you do. You put it on DND. I do this every night, but I have you on my favorites list. And if I'm on your favorites list, that's then, too much work. You're then already, it rings through. You already lost your audience. No. No, I haven't. I haven't lost the women. I'm telling you. No, I feel you. put you. on I DND. I you on that. All right. Okay. I get you. I get you on that. All right. <sighs> that's fair. All right. We Okay. So so anyway. maybe, maybe a resolution. Maybe we just solved that issue. So good. I mean, we just did that on air. So see, we're relating to people. People are people are eating this up now, right? <laughs> right. We did that. I hope. I hope we help some people. I think so. I think we're doing it. We're helping people. It's just happened. So let's get back to the. Let's get. So. So I'm Dr. Shannon Edwards, and I'm Dr. Jess Sally, and this is 
you mad, bro. And I wanted you to do that because you came know, up with like, the name. You're like shaking your head like, do it. Well, do it. <laughs> this is the in, the inaugural episode of the podcast, right? And episode one, <clears throat> and it's called "Started from the Headlines." Now we're here after much debate, and just thought it was. <laughs> it's it's. <laughs> I think it is relevant because the whole like the umbrella of the podcast is we like I'm a forensic psychologist by trade, so. I all my my entire career is built around court related issues with family and criminal court, and I I really wanted to take our horrible experience uh, with our divorce and parlay it into something that is hopefully helpful to a lot of people, not just you know perhaps clients that listen to this, but also people like us that just are going through it. Yeah. And then chances are, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, if you, if you have the delight of being a part of this <laughs> journey with us, um, chances are you're going through some stuff. So you, you know, you and whoever is involved in the care of a child with you, uh, you know, maybe you're just trying to figure out ways to make that easier. Maybe you guys are in a really bad situation right now, going through a nasty divorce like we were. Uh, maybe there are just things that you're trying to figure out. Um, we've been through a lot. I, like I'm a sports medicine physician, uh, by trade. Uh, I, I'm, I don't claim to be a divorce expert. Uh, you know, I don't have any law background. Uh, I don't have any background in like child development or anything like that or child psychology, but we had this experience together and, and, and we went through the process of not only divorce, we also went through the process of, of co-parenting counseling. Uh, we went through the process of establishing, you know, our, our custody obligations. We went through the process of, uh, you know, basically, you know, uh, the counseling for our for our, our child. Um, you know, anything that under the sun, really, that you could probably get involved with in terms of uh, just co-parenting and, and 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 then the quest to kind of make that better as things go along. So what we wanted to do for everybody out there or anybody that's listening to this or was clued into this or made obligated to listen to this uh you know, oh yeah that would be right I that'd mean, be interesting because you know, because you never know maybe I mean, get some know, judges to order it you never know well, i mean you never that might know. be more enjoyable than coming to therapy with In me my, I, would, I mean i would like to not think that listen, but <laughs> if you have to listen if you have to listen to me i at least want it to be enjoyable. yes right if you have to go through this so you know so here's the deal you know if you're if you're here with us thank you uh we appreciate it uh but we we, we want to do this to ensure that people have some sort of if not guidance, just some advice that you can take away from this and maybe just make things a little bit easier because we already, uh, we've already been through it and we already know what's going on. Yeah. And I mean, Jess can offer advice. My career disclaimer is this is not psychological advice. I'm not giving any kind of clinical advice on this podcast. This podcast is meant to offer some sort of support and really just anecdotal kind of hashtag hashtag footnotes. Hashtag. (laughs) Hashtag legal. Yes. Hashtag, hashtag this is not. <laughs> this is not psychological advice. Right. Uh, this is not therapy. Right. Uh, this, this is non medical. Non- yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this is, this is just kind of. This is fun. This is fun. This is our journey. And the reason that we felt like uh, we could share and we wanted to share our journey is because it really was just a shit show. Right. 
and so let's from the very so let's, beginning. So let's start from let's start from there. Let's go with that. Let's we, just dive right in, man. Because I think we have to. If you haven't read about us, so then we've, we've you been. We'll Google us. <laughs> we've been. This has been sort of a. This is so the first episode for us was kind of a hot button topic because it was like you know how are we going to sit down as friends now and tell this story uh, and you know basically give an intro to how this kind of all came to fruition. Um, and, and in a lot of ways, um, you know, we'll kind of get, we'll kind of get through the the nuts and bolts of it. But in reality, the one thing we want to accomplish with this is that knowing the backstory in a lot of ways is not necessarily relevant, but it was, but it's relevant in, in the quest to, to establish the fact that it was bad. Um, but now you know, the, the one thing you have to keep in mind, no matter how bad your divorce is, no matter how bad the situation gets with whoever else is involved, uh, the, the needs of the child or the children in the situation are of the utmost importance. And Absolutely. That's, and that's really where the focus needs to be. And a lot of times we lose sight of that because of what's going on between, uh, between us as individuals uh, and just our own struggles internally. Um, I know... I think like, sorry, I think that is why the backstory is relevant and Jess is right. It's irrelevant and also relevant because no matter how bad the divorce and custody situation gets, it's important to keep going, especially, you know, for me and in my uh, career, it was very relevant both at the time and also now because, you know, working with the population and also going through some of the same things that clients do, um, you know, having a very public uh, divorce is difficult because psychologists are so used to, especially uh, forensic psychologists, and that just means the intersection of psychology and the law. So it can mean any type of that. And for forensic psychologists, we deal with, um, Criminal court, civil court, I specifically do most of my work in criminal family, and we're so used to our lives being very private, uh, you know, because there are a lot of different uh, types of populations that we interact with, and, you know, you don't necessarily need or want them to. You don't want your business out there. Right. And um, so that's relevant for that. And also it's relevant because, um, why else is it relevant? It's, re- it's relevant because it affects it affects what happens with you and it, and it affects what happens just in your general interaction with whoever, yeah. whoever else is involved. I mean, if things if things are bad, if the situation is bad, obviously you're not going to want to interact amicably with the other person that's involved. So when right. when there are arguments, when there are hot, hot things that are happening, uh, that bleeds over not into not only into the 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 decisions that you make for the child, it also bleeds into the, the, to the decisions that you make with each other. And ultimately that affects everything that happens with the child or children that are are involved in that situation. So you might say, Oh, well, you know, screw you. Like I'm going to do this just to kind of make you mad or just to kind of get that dig. And, uh, and that might not be, that is probably what is not best for no, right. Yeah, you see that, that like situation. every day. So it's so it's 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 relevant not only for pri- not only in private life when things become public it's a, it's a big issue because you know then 
then everybody's opinions involved. You know, right. it's not just it's, it's not just you, opinion. right? It's not just you. It's just, it's it's society, and and that's a big deal because that weighs real heavy um, on on a lot of different things on a lot of different levels. And and people that are, I mean, you you see that every day in people that are you know really heavily involved social media influencers, other podcasters. You know, all these other things that, you know, people listen to, they judge very heavily, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's content or whether it's just the people themselves. So, you know, no matter what happens, uh, you know, it, it, it matters what happens in between the two of you, because, um, you know, you just want to make sure that whatever you're doing, again, in the end, what's best for the child ultimately is the is the is the end endeavor. Um, so. So going going back, I guess uh, in time a little bit, um, you know, our our divorce uh, was pretty nasty. It was it pretty was, nasty. It was, it, was, <laughs> it was pretty nasty. Um, it was there was a lot. There were a lot of things that happened uh, in the public eye. Everything uh, happened in the public eye. And um, wait, oh, what I did want to mention though that I think is really important um, to to say outright is that we never litigated over custody right. at one time. Yeah, uh, we is- started with a consent or a consent agreement. And then actually we came to our own consent agreement and an updated one that we basically just hashed out. Uh, we never litigated custody. And I will, I will say that too. Um, the custody portion of our divorce was never something that we, it, it was the easiest part. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's always 50, 50. And the interesting thing about that for a lot of people and a lot of the stories that I hear is that that's not the case. Oh no, um, no. Usually it's the other way around. Right. And, uh, you know, I can't say enough how important it was to have that custody agreement mm-hmm. in place. And I can't tell you enough how important it was to make it an even split. Yeah. Um, and, and I know there are people out there that will disagree with that uh, for their own personal reasons or for whatever reason it may be. But in terms of just our child's well our situation and our situation, because I always say when I do evals or anything, you don't start like you don't start at 50 50. But for us, it, w- it had always been 50 50. Right. right. And I think, you know, again, I'm not an expert on this, but I just feel like in terms of just our, our child's development and just like her exposure to both of us and, and just getting that for herself, for her own, uh, happiness, you know, that was super important. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and we had to work at that too. I mean, even in, 50, oh God, yeah. even in 50, 50, like we still had to, uh, figure out a lot of things <laughs> with that, but I mean, but the, uh, we fought over a driveway exchange. Yeah. I mean, uh, there, were, there were even, there are, there are always going to be arguments in the midst of that. You're not the best version of yourself during a divorce. You're really not. You're really not. Um, you know, one question when we, when we approached uh, our friends at first with the, the idea of starting this podcast and, and, and taking this venture um, you know, one friend's comment was, you know, how are you guys even sitting in the same room after everything that you guys have been through and not just tearing each other's face off. Right. And, and that speaks to Shannon's point that, you know, you're not your best version of yourself in a divorce. You're not the best version of yourself when you are at odds 
with another person for whatever that reason may be. And it took a long time. Yeah. I mean, we separated in 2016. Right. And our divorce was not finalized until September of 2018. Yeah. So we were separated from, we were separated for two and a half years. Yeah. And we didn't become close probably until a year. I mean, we started to form a relationship, but we didn't become close until at least last year. Yeah. And I mean, we'll get into like the attorneys and stuff later, but I, I really credit a lot of that to to your new attorney and, and to my attorney. And, you know. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of development recently that's just been easier to kind of get through things, you know, when it's not as when it's a little more amicable and when we've already kind of worked out a lot of our differences, uh, it just, it's made it a lot easier to progress, but, uh, that's not what, that's not necessarily what today is about. Today is about kind of looking at, you know, where we came from and how did we get here? <laughs> um, right. So, you know, uh, that took a lot of work. I know I individually did a lot of counseling and therapy on my own. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I'll say this guys, uh, you know, I still feel like there's a little bit of a stigma out there with, with guys going to counseling and going to therapy, you right. know, it's that old male, uh, ego effective. I, I don't really need this. Like I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm cool. Uh, but I can't stress enough, um, how important that was, uh, just to kind of have a sounding board to talk through a lot of things and, and talk through stuff, uh, that I know I wouldn't have been able to sort of wade through mentally. Um, yeah. And I mean, we didn't start out, we didn't start out with everything being so out in the open, I think, but we all, we did start out very contentious. Everything was very awful from the very beginning. Sure. And, uh, you know, again, a part of us doing this, a big part of us doing this is kind of trying to say, you know, it regardless of the divorce process, you know, you can get to a place yeah. where you can be good co-parents, right. even if you don't achieve the level of, you know, friendship that we do, because I, I mean, frankly, I think it's not right. It's it, unusual. Yeah. However, you know, it, um, and also the other part of the reason is there's just, there are so many, I mean, there's a ton of articles out there that kind of, I mean, they paint me in not a very favorable light. Uh, I mean, there's not a ton about you, but it's not a great look. Right. So. Yeah, it's, <laughs> nothing in that respect is ever a good look. Like, it's never like a, oh, man, I'm so happy that my face is out. <laughs> you know, no matter what the situation is. Um, and we fought, and, we you know, we're not going to name the publication. Uh, it was... Obviously, it was a local paper, not the Post Gazette, um, and it the first set of articles was whatever it involved a public figure, and then the second set of articles was was probably like the worst. Yeah. Well, second worst. Yeah. And it just got so out of control um, with everything. I mean, that really just put everything kind of in a tailspin. Right. I mean. We, I was getting threatening phone calls right. about our kid. Right. Uh, and, and, I, and I'll stop you for a minute. Like that's where it becomes real too. Um, you know, not a lot of people think about it in that context, but 
you know, everybody's quick to look at the papers and see what happened. Uh, or what the media, what the media says. Happened. Right. And they say, you know, all, you know, and they base their opinion on, on what happens based on what they read, but they don't, they don't have the exposure to the back end of that either. You know, they don't see the threatening phone calls that you get. Uh, they don't see the threats that are, are, you know, put forward towards our child. Right. Uh, which is a big deal when you're a co-parent, like that's a problem. Like, you know, um, you don't ever want things to ever get to that point, but when bad things that happen to you start to really affect what's happening with your child or your children, you have to really sort of send up the red flag and say, Hey, what's, you know, what are we really doing here? Like what, what is really going on? Why is, why is this an issue? Um, well, and you know, I won't speak for you either. However, I think in the conversations, the many, many, many conversations that we've had since, you know, 2017 have been, um, you know, you don't have to, I think a lot of times, whether it's, you know, male or female, uh, you know, there are type A and type B attorneys. Type A attorneys are really great attorneys. Like they, they will litigate or they'll conciliate. And then you have type B attorneys that just churn, churn, churn. They maybe want to make a name for themselves at a really big firm. Um, and they will just push litigation. And you and I have had many conversations about how you are right. Like you can say to stop at any point in time. And I do see a lot of folks, you know, in co-parenting counseling or perhaps reunification or even just in talking where they say, you know, I don't know the law. I'm not as well versed as maybe my partner is. And I just do what my attorney tells me to do. And sometimes they don't read the pleadings. They don't know what's going on in court. And I think, I, I do think, you know, that is what happened to a large portion of our divorce too, is that, you know, I was involved in the court system and, um, you know, I, I did have a large hand and I was very involved in, in what was going on. And you kind of just took a step back and you didn't really want to be involved in divorce. It. Divorce is an overwhelming, uh, process. If you're not familiar with it, if you're not always engaged in it, if you don't know much about it or never been through it. Um, so it's, it's, it's easy to give up that control, uh, on a lot of levels, if you don't necessarily, um, if you're not, if you're just not well versed in the in the process, and there are a lot of processes to it. There are a lot of ins and outs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there are a lot of what ifs. There are a lot of if we do this, what what's going to happen then? There are a lot of decisions that are out of your control. Uh, there are a lot of things that happen that you don't have a say. Um, I but, think that was a big part of our, you know, our issue too is that. And I think it was both rewarding and detrimental, at least for me, because on one hand, I was very involved in the system and, you know, knowing things or not knowing things. However, it didn't really matter at the end of the day, um, you know, because decisions were made. And whenever, whenever you can make decisions, like, again, I encourage my clients to make as many decisions as we can as possible in therapy. And then if you can, at the end of the day, you know, you have to go back to court. However, you never want the judge to be making a decision about your life if you can work it. Right. Out. If you can avoid getting to that point, right? Uh, there's there's every reason to do that rather than to to go to the end. Um, I agree with that 100. Um, and 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 it's it's easy to give that. It's easy to you know say 
when you're at odds with another person, like you're just going to continue to try to take it to that next level. Um, but, you know, again, part of the reason that I was mentioning the, the counseling uh, was that it took me, you know, the process of divorce will just, like I said, overwhelm you. You're not who you, you're not at your best. And, and you said that earlier. Um, but it took me really giving up uh, on that ego of, you know, I have to be right. You know, I have to be, the, I have to be in control of the situation and looking at the bigger picture of, you know, what's happening with, you know, everybody's lives, what's happening with my, my daughter, what's happening with, well, you have to look at what's happening with your child and say, you know, how does, how does our interaction affect what's going to happen with her? And I think that was huge for you because right. there would be, I mean, I can't even count the amount of times where I would come down hard on you because I said, I would say every time this happens, you know, you go and file something and you would say, well, that has nothing to do with custody. And I would say, but the way that we interact affects and you would say that's separate, that's separate. And I think that was like a really big deal for you to realize that. Yeah. Um, it's hard. I mean, you, you, you do lose sight a little bit of part of the bigger picture. Um, when you're going through the process in general, uh, that doesn't, that's not, that shouldn't be an excuse for anybody. Um, but it's, uh, it's just, it's just a fact. It's just, it's just a reality. Well, I think too, that's like a really big thing about having a good attorney, because I can't tell you the amount of times that Tim, I had Tim Grix and I can't tell you the amount of times that I would go into Tim's office, fired up over something that had happened, and he would just like talk me off the ledge. I think that's something really important to to talk about because I can't tell you the amount of times that I would go into my attorney's office and I was all fired up, and you know he he talked me off the ledge too. And I think that that's um, I think that's another advantage of having an attorney that is that does care about the the kids and has a really good eye on that. Yeah, I think you should look for somebody that's really going to try to push uh, conciliation, somebody that's going to try to push mediation, somebody that's going to try to, you know, really try to make amends between the two of you that are going to be more beneficial for the child's best interest than just for your best interest. And also combining, you know, if you have to litigate, then yeah, that combining an attorney that is not um, afraid to go into court and litigate when they have to, and also recognizes when it's not going to benefit the kid in the long run. Right. And I think that's, that's a huge thing. Right. But ultimately, and, and, you know, again, part of the reason that we're, we're really doing this podcast is because you and I are an anomaly. Like right. you talk to anybody, well, not anybody, but you talk <laughs> to most people in the divorce world, uh, whether it's attorneys or people that have gone through the process or, you know, our family, uh, yeah, our I mean, friends, <laughs> really anybody that has been my, my experience talking to or anything, they're like, you know, how does this, how is this even a thing? Like, how do you guys even do this? And, and in a lot of ways you have to push a lot of because that because of what happened, because of what happened and, and it's and, fucked up and right. And we, we went through, a, we went through a lot of stuff. Um, and, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to brush over that, but at the same time, I think it, yeah. And, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's notable that, uh, you know, coming out on the other side of it, uh, you have the, uh, the chance to be better than, than when you went into it. Um, yeah. And I think there's two sides to it, right? So, you know, we, 
we didn't say anything whenever everything was really chaotic. Right. I think number one, because of just how chaotic it was for me, I can only speak for me in particular, you know, I mean, it's, it's insane when you go from us living intentionally a pretty private life, you know, we're not big on social media. You know, we don't outside of like our practice areas, we don't want people knowing our personal stuff. We don't want people knowing our address because of, you know, again, the people that I work with or work, you know, the populations and, you know, you have patients too. And, um, to go from that to everything that is out, you know, everything being out there and, and also things that just aren't true. And it's just insane, you know, and obviously you didn't experience it, but then also, but now you hear it from me and it's like insane having ABC news call and leave a message on your cell phone asking to talk to you about something that went on in your divorce case. I mean, the, and you know, obviously hindsight's 2020 and you know, you hope that these situations can be avoided, but that's just another thing at the end of the day where you say, you know, you want to avoid people on the bench making decisions for you. If right. you can come to decision yourself, because right. really, and, and the, and the public eye, and I'm not even going to pretend to understand sort of what you went through with, with all that. I mean, I, there were some instances of, of similar things that happened on my end, but, I mean, not to the anywhere near the degree that it was for you. But I'll never forget the story you told me about the news person coming to the front door of the house. Oh, yeah. And you, like, ducked and hid. No, no. Because <laughs> my, so my front door is basically a window. And uh, and it was just like, you know, I, you hear a ring at your at your front door and you just kind of go downstairs and you're like, Who's at the front door? Who came to? Who came, who's who's visiting? And it's a guy standing there with a microphone and a cameraman behind him, and looking like peering into the glass. And I just, you know, I just looked at him and just kind of shook my head and just walked back up the stairs. Uh, but no, I didn't. I didn't duck and hide. Um, <laughs> I but, remember it differently. <laughs> but the but the but the but they stayed there knocking, and that's when I sort of didn't acknowledge it at that point because you know it's just like you, you, but they didn't come to my house but the unfortunate thing about i love my office downtown and i've since moved office locations but they just came to my office right and thankfully i had you know an admin right and then but then when the when the second article was published about the shrishmortian stuff then they one of the newscasters came to find me at the jail. And when I was walking out, I put my hood up. Right. (laughs) It was just, I mean, it's crazy. Right. And, you know, going back to kind of the, the commentary on it, it, it's just, well, yeah, public commentary is just, that's, that's where things get really, uh, unsettling because everybody wants to throw in their, everybody wants to throw their opinion in the ring. Uh, without really understanding the situation or knowing what was happening in the background or or if it's even truthful. Right. Or, you know, right. There, there are so many aspects of it that, you know, people want to believe and that the media really puts out there as fact that just really aren't accurate. Um, I think the biggest, the hardest one and to speak to that point is, is obviously the, the PFA article. Right. And that was one that, you know, that was one that was really hard, both for me working in the field that I'm in and people with domestic violence issues and, 
Um, I mean, and the publication wasn't put out until a year and a half after. It was a long time after. It was a long time. It was a clear, it was a clear, uh, uh, Number one, the order our our docket was under seal because it was of a, safety stuff that we'd gone through. It was a clear um, gouge, I feel like, by an organization to put uh, information out there that was only um, degrading. Like there was, right. I mean, it was it was it just, just so happened to happen or be published when I was running for public office. Right. I mean, if if, if all in any other situation in the world, none of that information would have ever been put out there. For any reason, um, and, and and you know the fact that it was just out there, um, but well, and the fact but that they didn't just, even get it from the record; they got it from another source. And well, then... regardless of that, I mean, it's just it's you know the point of it is when you look at when you look at the whole situation, uh, you know, going through that is it's terrible. Like once once you once your stuff gets out into the public in whatever capacity it gets out into the public, uh, then that just adds, that adds a second tier of rift to the whole situation. So, so And, you know, it, just thinking about, I mean, for us most recently trying to, we, we tried together to get it taken down because, you know, our daughter's going to maybe read that one day. And at right. first it was just about, you know, of course, <laughs> nobody wants Nobody wants other people reading, especially in the career that I'm in. Right. And I, I mean, I had some of the most supportive colleagues who said, you know, we all, we all support you and we recognize, you know, how nasty divorces can be. And, you know, right. however, you know, it, it's, it's not great having your divorce stuff out there, whether it's true, untrue or somewhere in the middle, right. you know, and so that was our first layer. Right. And then now, you know, we wanted to have it taken down and we both, we both tried together, which is another thing you never see in family court or both, right. Both people's attorneys on one side and right. You know, someone opposite them, but because that's not a lot of, something a lot you want of, your kid to see when you've tried, when you both work so hard right. to, to shield them from it. And it's, and it's, you know, it's always, it's always one person's opinion to say, well, that's their problem. Let them deal with it. Like why you don't need to worry about that. Right. But the truth is you do need to worry about that. Right. Um, you know, it's not like a, it's not a forefront worry in your life, but it's a forefront worry in your kid's life. Um, you mean you, you're speaking right. about yourself. I'm, I'm, I, yeah. Right. I'm speaking, I'm trying to speak generally um, for not only myself, but for just anybody that would be involved in a situation like this, you know, you, I had to take a look at, you know, I have to make this a concern of mine, not for, not for my own purposes, but for my daughter's purposes. And I think people are very quick to say, I don't need to make your problems my problems. Right. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people really, that's where a lot of people really separate themselves. And that's where they build the walls in the divorce is, is you set the boundary of you deal with your own stuff. I'm going to deal with my own stuff. And then whatever happens, happens. Right. And then um, that kind of negatively impacts how things go down the road. And and again, circling back to why our interactions are what they are right now, and the reason we can sit down and do this is because we made that we made that a priority to not just separate those individual problems and, and worry more about how 
the, that affected. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was super important. And, you know, at the, at the end of the day, all, all the garbage that's, you know, out there when you Google either of our names, I mean, it's pretty, it's actually, I mean, aside from that one article, that's pretty gross. Right. Um, I mean, some of my pictures out there are pretty good. No, they're not. <laughs> no, I think they are. That we also we we looked quite good in the divorce. We actually lost a few LBs, you know, well, yeah, for all the that. stress. There was that. Uh, but that's probably the only good thing. Uh, Twenty seventeen. So we are taping this in the middle of of coronavirus quarantine, and um, when this first all started, I'm on a I'm on a chat thread with uh, eight eight family law attorneys and. Uh, and we were talking about how, you know, everybody was saying 2020 is the worst year and blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, I think, I think I'd rather have this than 2017. Right. You had a year that trumped it. Yeah. We both had years. That yeah. Trumped it. yeah. Yeah. It was pretty awful. Right. No, I don't. And, you know, uh, talking with, uh, other friends that were divorce attorneys and, and talking with counselors and other things like that. There was never one, there was never a single person that I ever talked to that was like, oh yeah, divorce is going to be fine. Like everybody <laughs> yeah. was like, divorce is the, definitely the worst thing. If it wasn't a personal thing for them, like the worst thing I've ever been through or the worst thing that my clients have ever experienced or, and, and everybody has all these horror stories about what happens in other people's divorces. And, and when you go through the process, you're like, definitely there can't be a, a divorce that's worse than mine. The truth is, everybody's experience is there. Right. And, and you can and never, just because it wasn't public right. and it, you can never take that away right. from another, from another couple, from another individual. Like you have, that is your, you own that experience. Absolutely. Um, and that affects you however it affects you. But our purposes here are to say that no matter what your experience is and, and no matter what level you carry that at, um, and you may not think that our divorce was that bad. You may not think, you know, you may think that, we shale in comparison to what you went through. That's not the point. The point is you come out on the other side of that and you say, we have, I have an obligation to this child. We have an obligation to this child. How are we going to interact so that we can make their life the best that it possibly can be? And that's ultimately co-parenting's end goal. Wow. That was really good. Thank you. I like, yeah. That, I couldn't have said that better did myself. I, did I level up on that one? Yeah, you really did. did can, you do, can you give me my my honorary psychology degree? I think right so. Now? I mean, everyone else thinks they are a great psychologist, and but right. you actually really nailed it. Right, thanks. I think the only feedback I would have is when people are like, you know, maybe you think ours wasn't the worst divorce. I mean, I would probably agree. There's probably some worse ones out there. They probably involve more money. I mean, we both would probably spend a lot of money, but other people actually had the money, you right. know, to spend. right. I would say, I mean, we hit all the tick marks, right? Yeah. So we had, uh, you know, a public figure right. uh, that was fired, ultimately. We had uh, media. Yep. We had, what else? Uh, we had, um, what do we have? Public figure, media, uh, lawyers. PFA. PFA. Uh, PFA. Custody. Yeah. Uh, uh you you had you I had alleged to go, threats on the life. I had to go to um oh yeah, there were death threats. Not death threats, but alleged. they were like yeah, there were um, you know, people anonymous calls. Mm -hmm. Uh I had to go to um what's it called with the where you have to go for like 
custody. Like you have to get that certified. Oh man, we had to go to Generations. Generations. Parenting. Yeah. Oh, that was the only place where we shared looks. That was a painful of, Saturday morning. That was painful. Yeah. So that was painful. Th thanks for that. Not yeah. Say that I at least know that experience. You're welcome. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, but that's 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 the takeaway is that uh, everybody goes through stuff. And yeah. you're, you're here listening to this. You, the audience, are here listening to this because you're going through stuff. Uh, and somebody said, hey, go check out this podcast because these two went through it on their own level. They went through stuff. They had, you know, their names were out there. The They were in the public eye. This was a nasty divorce. But here they are sitting here. You know, they're going to try to give you the best advice that they possibly can. Not advice. Scratch that. No, Jess, no is, Jess is going to give advice. No advice. I I'm giving advice. a disclaimer. Hashtag no advice. We are going, to, we are going to tell our story uh, and we're going to try to give some key points on on what it takes uh, to not only be good co-parents, but to also do that in a way where you can even be friends. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, take what you will uh, from this uh, journey. Um, but uh, we did it. We lived it. Uh, we still live it. Uh, don't, you know, that's the other thing is that co-parenting is a, is a, is a ongoing process. It doesn't end when the divorce ends. It doesn't end when oh God, no. it doesn't even end when the child's 18, you no. know, I'm still thinking about, you know, there's, there's always going to be things and, and you have to look at what's, what's my life going to be. What's my relationship going to be with this other person when my kid gets married or when my kid graduates or when, you know, there are all these big You're life losing events. Them. You're sorry. losing them. I don't know. I see you rambling. Them. I don't know what I see. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just You're not saying. rambling. You just, this is supposed to be the scratch that. Who are you? Alex Cooper. <laughs> Who's Alex Cooper? Uh, call me daddy. <laughs> Come on. Where's your content then? Anyway, we want to, so the takeaway from this is, you know, we just kind of wanted to dispel some of those dirty rumors, you know, and uh, kind of get to the bottom of that. So you guys got the meat. Yeah. You heard it from the horse's mouth. This is the meat. This is the meat episode. I still deny the steak knife thing. And uh, it's just my sense of humor. This is the meat. The meat. <laughs> this is how the sausage is made. If I heard one more person say that. This, you don't like that? I don't like that saying. We heard that all the time when we were building our house. Well, this isn't that kind of podcast. No, it's not. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but now this is, and you know, I think for us too, is kind of taking back the narrative because we, we really kept to ourselves when everything went down and this is now, you know, we really wanted to take care of, This know, is this is us who we are now. Yeah. You and know, we, it took a lot of time to get here. It took a long time. It took a lot of work. Uh, it took a lot of effort. It took a lot of, it took a lot of talking. Um, things that we laugh about now, we cried. Yeah, about. it was it, it, actually, about. actually that was, and that was a hard part for me was actively, actively saying, I feel like this is how, and then kind of expressing how mm -hmm. I felt. And that's, a, that's a, you know, that's the, the therapy and the counseling talking, but that was super effective because I never knew how to really put that out there. Cause I always felt like I was going to get eaten alive if I did by the psychologist, by the psychologist. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, you know, it just really, I think no matter what you think about what the other person thinks in your own mind, that may not be what comes back 
Right. And, and your opinion and your insight on that may actually matter in terms of getting the solution done. Uh, so get coming to an agreement. Oh, uh, so I guess yeah. I worded that wrong, but, uh, but yeah, you, I mean, you have to talk. Yes. And, and we didn't do that a lot. At well, first. we didn't talk I, at all. No. Oh no. We, <laughs> well, we were court ordered not to communicate. There was, <laughs> were we? Uh, we never got, level. we never got OFW'd. Our no. family wizard. No, we Thank didn't. God. No, we didn't. I don't think our judge believed that's just in a, that. No, no, it wasn't even that the judge didn't believe in it. I, we were never really in court that much. I just went because I felt like, I felt, so at the beginning, it, it started in the beginning where I was like, if the judge can just look at me in the eyes, then she will know that I am being truthful. And she will know that like, I am not this evil person. And by the end, I was just like, you know, I just want to know how these decisions are being made. So I'm just going to go sit there. And, you know, I think it might actually probably been detrimental, but regardless. This is the meat. This is the meat. That is why. And in fact, I showed up to the one hearing with a t-shirt that said, be a nice human. <laughs> with I'm a blazer. Sure. With I'm a blazer. Sure that, I'm sure that went over well. I don't think it was helpful. I think I got sanctioned that day. Um, <laughs> a lot of money. Um, so you said, don't do that, kids. Don't. Okay, don't wear t-shirts that say, be a nice human when you go to court. And don't go to motions court. Listen to your attorney when they tell you, don't go to motions court. So cynicism is not the answer it wasn't cynical i really was like please dear god be a nice human <laughs> it did not fare well for me i don't even she probably didn't even read it to be honest she probably uh, but again conciliation let's, let's conciliate do not go to court uh and um <laughs> the meat i feel like that should be hashtag the meat yeah this is the meat that's gonna be that's gonna be another episode title i feel like oh that's good so, yeah, yeah. That's good. See what we did there. On the fly. Yeah. Um, Should that be this episode title rather than no? I like headlines now we're here. But that, but that's great, and it's. I mean, we both like that song, so I don't know. And we did start the headlines, and now we're here. Food for thought. But okay, so but to go back to what you were saying, we didn't. We didn't talk at all, and I think there was no. There was. It wasn't like we didn't talk at all. Like literally, there was no communication. Well, there was a lot of me there was double, triple texting. You know when they tell you when you're dating to right. not double text. I right. was double, triple texting you. I was saying like there were emails, and I think and this oh was, god, the this emails. Was, this was the other. This was the other issue. It wasn't an issue. We made it an issue. Our lawyers made it an issue. Um, you know they they'll advise you don't communicate other than written text or written, right, right, right. written communication. So there's proof of what you said and that kind of right. thing. And on some levels, like, okay, there's, there's merit to that. But on a lot of levels, on the, on the greater level, on the co-parenting level, on the individual level, that is really what creates the driving stake in between the two of you is that when you start to establish the relationship of communication based on written word and how that is interpreted in the court of public opinion or in the court of law, that, that is what will that is what will separate communication and that is what Absolutely. will separate people. Uh, you yeah. can always tell when, I, like when I see clients, you can tell when they're posturing to go to court and mm -hmm. when they're, you know, just generally communicate or when they just don't want to communicate with, when they're not ready to communicate with the other person. Right. And on some, and, 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 <clears throat> and it's easy to misinterpret sometimes what people say as them posturing for some, for some greater gain. Uh, when in reality, you're just mad. Yeah, and I think you need an outlet. Like, if you're not talking, like, if you're not talking to the person 
that hurt you or frustrated you or made you mad. And you're, you have to, you're, you're required or that's the only way to email your emails are going to be 10 paragraphs long. And here's the, and the problem with that. And I kind of forget what I was going to say just now. Um, well, it was about us communicating how we didn't communicate at first. And then it was angry. And then there was like text messages with me sending you like gifts and me well, saying like karma, like God knows your intent, right. which I still think is true. But well, let's get away from that. Well, sometimes like God thinks like, if, I didn't say that was, I, the, why I'm would I be here right you. now? You are. That was just an accusation. You no, just, I said, God you knows. just karmically cursed me. No, I, I on, said I used on, on air. I you said just did that to me. I said that I used to send this to you and look, you must have good karma because here we are sitting with each other. Well, you just ruined it. No, no, I didn't. You just ruined it. Ugh. Take it I, back. I take it back. All right. Now I have to sage myself because of whatever. Well, so what I think what I was going to say was, um, if you, if you, I can't remember what I was going to say. It's ruined. It's that happens with me a lot. I know. Yeah, it's over. You took, you took a, a generally so awesome sorry. point. These people could have learned something. They could have taken something away. It'll from come this. back to you. And then you just curse me. You just come. I didn't curse you. That was what. That's what happened. See, it just happened. See, and now we're fighting. I lost it. I lost it because you cursed me. It's the psychology smart person curse. I don't even know. I out communicated you. Did you? I just made it a thing. So anyway, we went from not talking at all to fighting. To so when when we were having one of our biggest arguments, our like we alluded to earlier, our attorneys I think sent probably no less than 10 letters back and forth about exchanging our daughter in the driveway. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big one. That was probably one of our less fine points. Um, what other meat? Um, no, but I mean, it, it just, go, it just plays into the minutia that literally those decisions. And I think this happens a lot. I, I can't speak for attorneys or anything like that, but I think that happens a lot in divorces in individual situations um, because there's not the ability to make that decision or because one person thinks, and, and it may not, it, it probably isn't, or may not be the intent of the other person, uh, that this is going to somehow be, uh, opposition. Mm-hmm. And then you, you, you rely on the attorneys to make the decisions and to communicate that for you because you can't communicate it on your own. Right, right, right. And, and that's not helpful. Uh, it, it, it adds to that animosity. And again, it just drives that stake of communication in between the two people. And, you know, I think that was a big thing for us to learn. And so after we kind of got through the chaos and we, we sat at a table, no, we went to co-parenting first. So I kind of, I threw us into co-parenting. You agreed. It didn't take, it didn't take like a court order or anything. I was like, we need to do this mm-hmm. because our daughter, we had put her into therapy right at the beginning mm-hmm. because we, we wanted her to make sure that she had the support that she needed. So we just started co-parenting, um, counseling with, with the person that she was seeing because she knew her history and our history. And, uh, she's a, what cut that? What? No, I'm not cut it anyway anyway so we went into co-parenting counseling um with with a colleague of both of ours um and i mean i don't know i think 
I think a lot of it was hashing out the stuff that we still had to process about our relationship. It opened up up the communication because it gave it gave us a a non it gave us an objective mediator to kind of sit between us and and listen to the arguments Mm -hmm. um, and listen to the facts and and hear it. Because when you hear it coming from the other person, it just sounds like hate and it just sounds like anger and you want to reciprocate with hate and anger. Uh, and it takes somebody communicate. It takes somebody circling that back to make you understand what the other person is trying it to say. It was hard. And for I think, both of us. and I think that's, that's what ends up happening a lot of times <clears throat> with the lawyers too, is that that communication, that style of communication, not only becomes easier for the, for the two people, but it just becomes a, a mode because you can't, you literally can't say what you want to, to the other person without them interpreting as it as anger or pain or anything like that. So having that other, having that objective person to really sit there and listen to it um, so that you can get your feelings across, the other person has to kind of listen to it and accept it. And it's hard. Um, but then also feeling like you're heard and feeling like that other person understands what you're trying to say. Hopefully at the end, that's the message that gets across. Yeah. So anyway, so we went to co-parenting and then, and then we decided to settle. Our, our entire divorce was just about silly things. It was, it was looking back on it. It was because now we just figure it out whether it's money or we realized that we need to support each other in financial and, and stuff for our child. And so, well, we got to a point where, we got to a point where we needed to make decisions that made sense because it was, it was affecting our child and it wasn't necessarily affecting us. It was just a matter of how do we move forward where, where our decisions are going to best, right. Our, where the outcome is going to be the best for what his life should be. Right. Um, anyway. So, I mean, after that, we were able to just sit down and do a pseudo mediation with, people that were already involved, our attorneys and our co-parenting therapists. And it took two meetings and. And those meetings weren't easy. <laughs> no, they were awful. No, none of the meetings are easy. None of the, like none of it is. I, one of the best pieces of advice that I think I got, and, and it was a, a hard pill to swallow was what is the cost of being right? Like how much is it going to cost for you to be right? Yeah. Um, and to walk away from that, and again, that's just that ego trip that you kind of are on and you have to get past, uh, you have to really look at that. Um, I got a similar piece of advice. And I mean, this is not being me being the martyr by any means. At the end of the day, I, I said, I think I said F you. And I took my attorney in the other room. I said, how much do I owe you? I asked like, how much do I owe on this? And I did a quick calculation and I came back and I made you an offer and that was it. I just, I couldn't take it anymore. And I, you know, when I'm doing therapy with some of my clients or even talking to some of my friends that go through it, I said, you know, sometimes someone has to lay down the sword first, whether it's with custody or divorce or anything, because if someone doesn't do it, then you just end up either litigating until the judge makes a decision for you. Right. You run out of money. Right. Or. Right. Or I don't know. Right. There's, but, a, there's a lot of factors that you have to consider. But and that, we both laid down our swords at one time or another. Yeah. That was just me doing it first. Yeah. I did it later on. But you can't. 
that, you know, there are a lot of factors that you have to wade through with the whole thing. Um, and you just have to, again, remember sort of what the end goal is and just those, all, all those meetings, whether it's just between us or whether it was in court or whether it was with the counselor or whether it was in mediation or me forcing you to talk to me. Right. That's what I mean. <laughs> none of those meetings, none of that, none of that interaction was easy. No, it was very uncomfortable. It was hard. It was yeah. emotional. Right. On a, on a lot of levels. Um, and, uh, I'm just glad we're at the point now where we, you know, we've gotten past that. Did we still fight? Yeah, absolutely. We fought. Well, there was a lot of gap in between the meetings and where we are now. I mean, sure. No, yeah, that's, that's a huge gap. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot that's happened between there, but, um, but yeah, I, all those interactions at that point in time were very difficult. Uh, but there is, but there is, there's better. I think honestly, I, and I, I don't know this because I, I probably, I, I don't think I've ever really checked in with you on this. Um, you know, and I won't go into too much of personal detail, but I think right after our divorce happened, there was a really emotional period of time for me. And I went through a pretty hard time right after our divorce was finalized. And I think it was because, you know, everything kind of was just finalized. And I had, for me personally, I had just been putting one foot in front of the other yeah, it's a, it's day a, after day yeah, and a, surviving. And especially, right. you know, with you and, and with the other, per, the public figure involved in our, not really involved, but peripherally in our divorce, yeah. you know, I think that the benefit to, to, to you and to the other individual was that you guys could kind of just like hide out, not, not hide, but like you, you had your career and you could go to work and, and you weren't really still in it. But for me, for two years, it was, it was in your face. It was in my face. It right. was everywhere that I went. It was in my clients. And, right. you know, I definitely went to therapy you and got, I got questions checked about in. it. Oh yeah. yeah I got yeah, questions it was... about it. Um, and, for somebody who was so used to being very outspoken and fighting for social advocacy causes since, you know, forever, mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I'm an outspoken right. person to being quiet and having other people really run the narrative. I mean, it was a very difficult sure. time. So, you know, I think for us, again, I think it was probably right after the divorce that that was really a turning point. I think you saw like what, an impact it had. Sure. And I think that that was, yeah. When you have, when you have a points. chance, when you have a chance to turn off this stuff that's always in your face, uh, and that distracts you from the real issues. Um, that's when you really have a sense of what the true, like the general impact is not only just with me and with you, but with everything else that surrounded that. Mm -hmm. And then that's what gives you a little bit of a better picture of how it affects the child. Right. Um, and it's a little bit easier to, to step back and look at that. And I think that happened. And then we just started talking more, I, I think, yeah. and just trust building the trust. Well, what I, what I noticed is that, <laughs> and this, this is a hard reality, I think at the end of everything, but when that, when that hard line of, uh, when everything's settled and there's nothing on the line anymore, then that's when you're, I think a little bit more for, you feel more free to open up mm -hmm. and discuss the issues of the things that should have mattered before you even got 
to that point. Right. Uh, and, and that's, that's the problem is that everybody, and I'm generalizing, but I feel like everybody gets so in, inundated in what happens in that moment mm-hmm. that they lose sight of that bigger picture until that accountability is done. And then they have the chance to go back and look at that. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's some merit to that, but there's not a lot. Uh, and I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of selfishness in that too, because you don't want to give up. You feel like you don't want to give up things. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm talking out of turn. You got your sour face on. Like you don't. No, no, I just, I I don't, I just don't understand. No, not recently. (laughs) Okay. Well, scratch that, scratch that point. I just think it's, I think it's when you, I was just talking about how we got from like settlement and our divorce being final and like turning a corner. Right. So, you know, it just, I'm just, all I'm saying is that once all that other legality stuff was out of the picture and that wasn't, well, yeah, for sure. It became a lot easier. It became easier to address the issues, but that shouldn't have been what was blinding the issues to begin with. Yeah, but it was, but it was, I mean, it's a reality. It was, of course. Uh, but you know, I'm glad that we went through, the co-parenting stuff that we did because that was helpful in a lot of ways to even get to the point where we are now. Oh yeah. The I mean, if we wouldn't we have gone to co-parenting therapy, I don't think we would have gotten all that stuff like out on the table. Yeah. We would never have gone to like the pseudo mediation that we did. Yeah. I just think it would have gone down a really bad different path. path. Yeah. Bad path. Worse path. Worse path. <laughs> Worse. Right. And I mean, there were definitely like a lot of casualties, uh, friends were lost and sure. a lot of division and right. But that's I, again, that again, I think it's just that public opinion that, yeah. Know, uh, what do they call it? Collateral damage. Yeah. Um, and it definitely doesn't have to be that way. No, it doesn't. And, and, and that's not always necessarily your fault. You know, that everybody's going to kind of look at the situation in their own light and, and draw their own opinion. Absolutely. And, and you can't control that. Nobody can control that other than that person. I think like the biggest thing, at least for me, uh, along those lines is to just, uh, personally, this is not like a professional, uh, antidote, but personally, you know, if again, 2020 hindsight is saying, you know, listen, this is something between us, unless, you know, you're out with your friends kind of like talking about it, just do like, if we, if I could go back and do it over again, I would you know, do a better job of saying, of keeping it closer to the chest while we were trying to at least like wade through the initial things. I think that mm-hmm. a lot of friends and family got involved earlier than I would have liked. Like that would be definitely an anecdotal piece of information to pass on. Like at least if you're trying to figure things out early, get less people involved. Right. I mean, it's always good. I think it's good to have, uh, I think it's good support. to have an outlet. It's good to have support. But it's not good to, uh, I guess it's not good to try to use that support to to villainize the other person to where, you know, there's an automatic, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Like an automatic dislike for the other person because that's something that we've had to deal with Um you know, even now that we get along, I mean, there's still people on, on either side, you know, that, that we don't necessarily go around or hang out with because of stuff that may or may not have been said during the divorce. And that's hard because now that we are getting along, you know, that 
kind of limits things we wish it wouldn't have limited. And right. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, anytime you have the chance to look backwards, you will always see things that you didn't see when it was first happening. Yeah. That are definitely happening now. Um, but that's why we're doing this to kind of give people a little bit more insight into what, you know, how to look at these situations and, and maybe do it a little bit better than, than normally you would. And that was a big thing for me because psychologists are not, we're encouraged and we're taught in grad school not to disclose personal information unless it benefits the other person or the client or the patient. So, you know, talking about my, per, even when clients will ask questions about divorce or anything like that, you know, I, I always just say, well, you know, this is about you and blah, blah. And there have been times where I have thought it would be appropriate to disclose things. There's been one or two couples that I have used an anecdotal situation from our divorce and trying to help them. Um, but largely I've, I've shied away from it just because, uh, you know, I didn't think it, it would be beneficial or I didn't know. And so I didn't do it, but yeah, this definitely is the purpose for this is that the hope that even though obviously it was horrible and, you know, pretty nasty, you know, hopefully this will be able to help people and realize that you don't, no matter where on the continuum you are, like you can work past it. Right. I, you know, that's our story. We're that's it. We're sticking to it. That's it. That's the meat. That's the meat. We are on Instagram at umadbropgh. And if you want to email us questions, we are umadbropgh at gmail.com. And we hope that you will. We hope that you subscribe. We hope that you enjoyed it. We subscribe. You... We don't, you can't subscribe yet. We're not big. We're not big yet. Yeah, well, that's what I'm just, I'm just saying. Rate, review, subscribe. I'm just getting used to it. So I'm just getting used to saying it. But uh, and we hope that you we hope that you learn something from it. We hope that you uh, share it with somebody if you feel like there's somebody else that you know that's going through it. Um, and uh, stick stick with us because we're gonna be talking more about uh, how things uh, how to co-parent and how we did it. And now you know I didn't murder Jess after all. Nope. Dispelled all those rumors. Still here. Still here. Started from the headlines. Now we're here. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah.